Welcome to the final edition of T Watches a Scary Movie for 2022. My name is T, and one last time in the year, we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you joining me for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes typically go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page. You can go to youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. And I apologize for uh, being gone the last week and a half now. Folks, uh, as I kind of said in the Facebook page, I uh, I had a terrible, terrible eye infection uh, a couple of weeks ago that kind of made it impossible to record. I have no idea. It never happened before. Thing was absolutely the 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 it it took me out. It took me out completely. And then uh, this week here, I had a AEW show I was going to with my good friend, Mr. William R. Washington. You might have seen me on Day After Dynamite yesterday. And uh, yeah, I just couldn't get the time all worked out. So you're getting a nice weekend edition of T-Watch is a Scary Movie to close things out here for the year. But I'll be back to the normal Wednesdays next week as next week we are going in into uh, one of the better films of 2022 I saw that I'm finally going to get a chance to tell you how I felt about it bones and all so make sure you're back here this coming Wednesday for the first episode of the year to catch my review of bones and all but what are we talking about here tonight well it is time to discuss the top 10 films of 2022 y'all might remember I've done this uh, previously where I talked about the top 10 films of the year and then, uh, again, we don't talk about the worst because I think those lists uh, th those lists are outdated. We don't really want to focus on things like that there because the simple fact that we get so many movies every year, that's something to celebrate, okay? We don't need to focus on, oh, this is the worst movie of the year. That's fucking dumb. So we're not going to play that game. We're going to talk about the top 10 horror films of the year and hopefully this will give you something to catch up on earlier on in the year while we're waiting for a lot more movies to come out because remember we got a lot of horror starting the year off already in january you got megan you got the last voyage of the demeter you have skidamarink that's just in january and we have even more coming out so you don't really have that much time to play catch up but the good thing is that so many of these films you can catch right now in your own home so it's time for you to do so so before i hit those top 10 let's go ahead and talk a few honorable mentions that just didn't make it they are right on the cusp of that there uh so i'm gonna talk uh i'm gonna talk the five that were right outside of those top 15 there and i want to start by talking studio 666 yes this is the foo fighters led demon horror flick about the Foo Fighters trying to record their new album and going through some pretty crazy things in the house they choose to record it in. Now this movie came out in the earlier part of the year and honestly I didn't know what to expect because number one it's a uh, it's 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 led by the Foo Fighters which that's not an insult in the least bit but how good could this movie really really be when you're talking about a film that's starring a uh, a, a hard rock band at this point and man Studio 666 had me laughing the entire time but not only that it was very gory it was very uh, brutal and they managed to make, I felt, an effective horror film. It was one of the multiple Jenna Ortega appearances that we got throughout the year as well, too, as she was, uh, she played one of the victims in the film. But 
I found myself surprised by how much charm Studio 666 actually had, not just with Dave Grohl, but like everybody in the Foo Fighters turned out that they could actually add quite a lot of humor to this movie, that they knew what they were doing on screen, which clearly from doing so many shows, so many performances over decades, they've really learned how to be on camera and how to be entertaining to an audience. Now. I know a lot of people saw it and kind of ranked it on ranked it on the lower end there, and maybe that's just because I think folks were looking for uh, something more something more serious. Like I, I I don't know if they were expecting like something that had more of a serious tone to it. But you got to remember, all horror isn't all going to come with that very dark dark tone that you can't just kind of fall into and be like, oh my god, it's so scary or anything. That doesn't happen every single time. So I I don't think that that was a bad a bad move at all to have it have more of a humorous tone to it I, if anything i feel that gives it more fans because dave Grohl is incredibly funny and so like linking how funny dave Grohl can be uh, and the rest of the foo fighters into a horror film i think that's the right move than going for something just a little bit more of a serious vibe instead so that's one that I would definitely, definitely recommend for y'all to check out. Uh, it, it barely, barely, barely beat out Scream, Scream 5, which oh, I loved Scream 5. I, I love Scream 5 so much. Me and Mr. Eric Brady had a great time discussing that at the beginning of this year's well too. But as good as Scream 5 was, it just couldn't crack what a lot of these other ones here uh, were able to do for me, unfortunately. Um, at 14 was... Halloween ends. I know this is going to divide a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people for sure. This is going to like break a lot of people up because I know so many people did not enjoy Halloween ends. And I understand it. You know, I talked about it in my review that this is the anti-Halloween Halloween film. Basically, if you're looking for what you've experienced with Michael Myers over the past uh, 40 years at this point, then uh, you're not going to get that really in this movie. But that should have been expected because if you've seen David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy, Halloween 2018 was really your Halloween film. That was the film to say, look, I'm giving you what you've seen for the last 40 years. If you want more of that, here it is. And then in Halloween Kills, that was him slowly changing around um, how these films work and changing our expectations a bit. Uh, maybe in a way, uh, in a way, kind of like what Scream did with slashers. This was changing the way that we were set to expect that uh, that Halloween films were supposed to be. And then Halloween Ends was this is completely different. Okay, we've slow, slowly made this transformation. Now we're done being the traditional Halloween film. And even then, you still get that kind of in the last like 20 minutes or so of the movie but it's a very very different halloween film from what we've seen over the last 40 years and that can be very polarizing i absolutely loved it though i love new ideas um there is always a room for what we've seen the last 40 years in the halloween franchise no matter which timeline you're looking at but there's also room to try something new and you got to take big swings in order to make something work and i feel in this case here <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel that the big swings that they took with Halloween ends honestly paid off in dividends. It had the most uh, the most captivating uh, beginning of any of the Halloween films for damn sure. And it still sets itself up to where when this uh, franchise does eventually come back, there's plenty of ways it can go with it. So Halloween kill uh, Halloween ends. Love it. But could not crack the top 10. 
at 13. 13. And I feel so bad about this one because this truly is one of my absolute favorite films of the year. I watched it multiple times in the first few weeks it was out. I am talking about Fresh. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Fresh, which is interesting because uh, another film that we're going to get to, Bones and All, which again I'm going to be reviewing next Wednesday. Um, both these movies have the same kind of cannibalistic content in it, but they are two entirely different kind of films because Fresh very much plays itself off as <clears throat> one of those like torture porn kind of films to where our young heroine is kidnapped and, and held uh, held against her will and basically she's held by a cannibal who has been murdering multiple people and selling their parts uh, to make money and what this woman is trying to do to survive to make it out of her captors her captives uh, containment and it's a fantastic movie uh, uh, uh uh, Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan make a wonderful, wonderful duo. They they just do an excellent job together. Um, it's witty. It's funny. We actually have uh, we we have a uh, a villain who for once can actually stand on the same level with the heroine because that's the thing is that in a lot of horror films I feel that we don't see villains who are actually that capable. Like sure, physically they're capable, but we're looking for ones sometimes that might be as mentally capable as our heroine. And it's nice to see that because then um, it like it gives more for our heroine to do when she has to figure out a way how to escape her captor and like turn the tables on on them when the time does eventually come. And Fresh was so fun. It was showing to us once again that streaming services are putting out some of the strongest horror content that we have these days. That Yeah, we're getting a lot of great stuff in theaters. That's always going to happen. But our streaming services like Hulu, like Shudder, like Prime, like Paramount Plus, they're putting out really, really, really good horror films that some so may even deserve a theatrical release. But we don't want them to have those low box office. We want them to just be beloved. So I get that some of these don't go in. But Fresh was just so fun to watch. And I, I found myself really, really wanting a physical release of this film because it's just, it, it was such a good watch, honestly. This one's on Hulu. You definitely got to check that out. Coming in at 12, uh, you won't be alone. Not a horror movie in the traditional sense. This film was about a uh, about a witch who decides that she has a uh, debt that must be paid off and takes on a, a daughter of sorts and proceeds to take this daughter through life and show her how cruel the world of man can be. And really that's the horror of it. The horror of life, the horror of family, the horror of love and this witch showing to her new daughter um, that not everything uh, is as beautiful beautiful as you might want it to be no matter how hard that you try no matter how hard you might want things and how hard you might want to ignore the problems of the world and the problems of people in the world that unfortunately human nature is still a thing that affects us all and just showing how how messed up people can honestly be it's a heartbreaking watch an absolutely heartbreaking watch um but man, is it powerful for sure. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect because I heard heard a few things uh, from a few festivals about this film. And I remember watching it and I definitely cried. I cried while watching it. And that's that's not something I could say for a lot of, a lot of the horror films on this list, good or bad, honestly. Uh, but 
this was one of my absolute favorite films of the year. It's such a uh, it's such a strong watch that I have not been able to go back and check it since our watch party that we did earlier this year because it really does invoke a lot of emotions. But it's on Peacock, so you can check it out for yourself. Christmas Bloody Christmas. This clocked in at 11. This is now my absolute favorite Santa slasher. It is Christmas Terminator. Uh, it is on Shudder, the tale of a defense robot that's dressed up as Santa that goes haywire and decides to go on a murderous spree. And as it was told to me on Day After Dynamite, this is basically uh, this is basically an episode of Futurama with the evil Santa Claus, honestly. It's like, oh yeah, that's kind of what it is. But it's so much fun. If you're looking for a uh, holiday film that doesn't really have much of a uh, message to it, because that's the one thing about a lot of ho holiday films, they try to play a message off with it, which isn't a bad thing, but sometimes you just want to have fun watching people get killed on Christmas. This is the one for you. Uh, a, a fantastic heroine in Riley, who I said was everybody's best friend. This is a treat of a Christmas horror film that you can absolutely check out on Shudder right now. So, where did that leave our top 10? Coming in at number 10, another Shudder film here, Deadstream, made by uh, Joseph and Vanessa Winters about a podcaster looking to find his way back into the limelight, decides that the only way to do that is to go and spend a night in a haunted house, which of course does not work out the way that he wants it to. This film um, was great about showing how uh, social uh, social influencer and podcasting culture can be at times and how terrible people sometimes in, uh, end up in situations that the karma just has to bring right back around to them. Uh, this was this is great. Joseph, Joseph Winter plays our lead character, our podcaster, who ends up in this terrible situation while his wife plays a, uh, a fan or a fan that we think who shows up to kind of help him out. This was a lot of fun just because obviously being a uh, horror podcaster myself, there's some connections there there but also um this was it was nice to see a film that's it's a found footage film in a scary situation but somebody's actually acting the way you would expect somebody to like hey uh you could die here hey there's demons and ghosts and things like that going on like you're saying you're not get more scared than what you would be you're not going to try to hide out so good Amazing soundtrack. Some of these scenes where he's setting, uh, where the dude's setting up a soundtrack to finally go and defend himself is just great. You can catch this one on Shutter right now. This just stood out to me because I found I, I found it to be something that I really wanted to go back to and never get tired of. And that's what I look for in some of my favorites of the year. Is that did you leave a lasting impression? Is this something that uh, either one? Because scary movies don't have to be scary, but if you really do scare me, that's really good. But even better. If I have so much fun that I just have to go back and see it multiple times. And Deadstream definitely did that coming in at number 10. Number 9, Pearl. Uh, when it was released earlier this year, X, made by Ty West, uh, we were shocked to find out not long after its release that he had written and directed and shot a prequel to this film basically right after they had wrapped on X, which we know that a lot of franchises shoot films back to back in order to save costs, and this made so much sense. Because the fact that we get to see um, the, the young life of our villain 
from X and see what uh, some of the things that might have brought her to the state that she's in in that film was a fantastic way to go. And while it, to me it didn't have it didn't hit as hard as X did because X is very much a slasher uh, slasher in most aspects. It's very reminiscent of a lot of old horror films uh, that you might you might see. And I, I know everybody talks Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Pearl didn't do that, and Pearl was very much. Um, very much this old Technicolor, just classic, honestly. And while it didn't hit as hard, Pearl was absolutely shocking. It had probably the best monologue of the year, uh, at least here in horror, um, by Mia Goff, explaining everything that Pearl was going going through at the end of this film. Just an incredible movie. And while it didn't hit the highs that X did, it is still absolutely a memorable film. Looking forward to the third one, uh, Maxine. That's going to be coming out next year, hopefully. Uh, definitely got to check out Pearl. Coming in at number eight, the Predator, Predator prequel. And we say prequel just because it's set you know, in olden days and it does have connections to Predator 2. It doesn't really have to like, count itself as a prequel, though, but we are talking Prey. I called Prey uh, the best, or at worst, the second best Predator film of the franchise. It had a great story for our lead character who's looking to be a warrior in her tribe. Um, cannot be taken seriously because she's a woman, so her class automatically has folks saying that she just can't be the serious warrior. And of course she's given the ultimate test when a predator shows up and proceeds to begin wiping out all the actual warriors of her tribe. And she's kind of the one that has to lead this battle to for survival, honestly. Great film, a uh, great Predator, and uh, considering that I know the last film, The Predator, divided a lot of people with its very complicated plot, um, this kind of was a bit of a back-to-basics kind of thing, a la Predator 1, um, but it did have an actual interesting story, and the thing I had said is that a Predator film, sometimes you can tell how good it is, is the story going to be good without the Predator? If the story's not good without the Predator, then you might not have as strong as a story, which is why that while I enjoy the original film, I don't rank it up high because if you take the Predator out, there's not really a great story in there. This would have been a fat, fantastic story without the Predator, which is why I like to point it out that this is one that y'all should definitely, definitely catch. It is on Hulu. Coming in at number seven, I have not dropped my review for it yet, but Bones and All, the cannibalistic road trip love story. Uh, yeah, I didn't know what to what to expect of this one. I was I had a chance to go see a pre-screening. Timing just didn't work out uh, work out for it honestly, but it came to streaming very quickly. And I was very much blown away. I had a very different idea in mind for what this film was going to be. And I don't want to say too, too much because I want you to check out my review that's coming next Wednesday. But what I will say is that um, the story that it did told uh, was heartbreaking. It was absolutely heartbreaking. But compared to a movie like Fresh to where Fresh had a very obviously sinister vibe to it. We had a villain in that. And we had somebody that our characters were actively running for, actively trying to get away from. Bones and All took a very, very different route here, telling a more sweeter story of two people with this uh, ailment just trying to make it in the world. Uh, it, it's an amazing film. You're going to hear me talk about it way more next week on the show, so definitely check that review out. It's going up next week. Coming in at number six. It's going to divide a lot of people. Bodies, bodies, bodies. I absolutely loved this film. 
I think the marketing ruined a lot of what this movie could have been because I think folks were walking expecting it to be a slasher, kind of like Scream was, and trying to figure out who our killer was here. And it's not really a slasher film at all. It is a bit of a whodunit. It's kind of like watching Clue, honestly, because you're trying to figure out what's going on. But this isn't really about, ah, oh, somebody just got killed. You know, who's the murderer? Oh, my God, this big reveal. Uh, that's not really what it is. I think it was a fascinating look at youth culture today and the way that kids really are in, in our world today, which is just absolutely hilarious. I think it's fucking, fucking fantastic, honestly. And that really caught me because I'm hearing and seeing things that kids are really doing these days. And I know it's not for everybody because I think everybody would have preferred maybe a little bit more killing in it, maybe a little bit more of a sinister backing to it, honestly. But I think that's kind of the charm of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is that that's not the kind of movie that it is. And then if you get that, you're going to have a blast with it. So check out Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Now, this is part one of my best of 2022. If you want to find out what the top five are, you got to come back for the next one that I'm going to be throwing up here in just a few days, folks. So don't go anywhere. Check out part two of the best of 2022. Hey everybody, I appreciate you checking out this video, whether it was a review, whether it was a new episode, whether it was an unboxing, an interview, or whatever else. I want to remind you, you can check out my separate reviews also on my YouTube page, and new full episodes go up every Wednesday night on YouTube at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and on your favorite podcasting platforms at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like, and share. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared. Thank <laughs> you.